You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. My next guest contacted me this morning and said, Lindsay, there are so many AGMs and so many results due from the small and mid-cap sector of the JSE Securities Exchange that we have to speak. His name is Anthony Clark. He's an independent analyst in the small and mid-cap sector of our local market. He's on the telephone now. Well, you're on WhatsApp now because the telephone didn't work because the network is clogged. The reason the network is clogged, something to do with Eskom, do you think, Anthony? Because something happened this morning. Yes, I was sitting at my desk uh, writing a note on uh, Astral Foods and uh, speaking to a client at the same time in Santon. And lo and behold, at around 8.30, the power went dead in the two great cities of this country, Joburg and Santon. So I think it's quite ironic that 72 hours after President Ramaphosa at the State of the Nation address agrees to break ESCOM into three constituent parts, we're now thrown back into the dark ages and we have no power across large parts of this uh, great country of ours. Mm. Uh, I'd light a candle, but it's daylight. Yes, indeed. And I just wonder if we're being conspiracy theorists or if it's anything to do with people that can pull levers and press buttons and saying, you can't do this, we will not have it. Because I know NUMSA were incredibly irate about the breakup and the unbundling chat from Mr. Ramaphosa at the State of the Nation address. Yes, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite perplexing, you know, that, that this country is literally being held, held to ransom with a weakness in the underlying economy, you know, besetting, you know, day-to-day lives of even the, you know, from the a, from a high end to the, to the poor. We need electricity for our, for, our basic, for our basic rights, and we are literally being held to ransom by somebody. And I'd, I'd even go as far as to say this could be, this could be tantamount to treason. Yeah. Okay, difficult to prove. But uh, anyway, it's not good for you. It's not good for me. It's not good for small and medium businesses. And the focus of this chat is, of course, the AGMs and the impending results that I spoke about in my introduction. What have we got coming up? Busy time for you. Yes, the reporting season is kicking in earnest. Um, So just as 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 a bit of a refresher, this week is basically food week. I've got AGMs from Oceana Fishing, Carp Agri, Pioneer Foods, Quantum Foods. I'm also seeing Ital Tile. Uh, ARB Holdings, Kura Holdings is out this week. I was at the Astral Foods AGM in Johannesburg last Thursday, which was a fascinating affair. And as I said to you before many times, Lindsay, I'm constantly surprised why institutions and shareholders in this country don't go to annual general meetings where you literally get some of the best information I ever get from an entire board who are more than willing to engage with you because most times nobody goes, not even for free tea and biscuits. That's ridiculous, isn't it? So they're under-attended is what you're saying. Absolutely. So normally, you know, you'd assume that uh, shareholders in large companies or any company would go along once a year as of their legal right to question management and even just to listen. I was at the Astral Foods AGM. Granted, it was at 8 a.m. in Centurion in Johannesburg on Monday. But uh, apart from me and one other institution that always rocks up, uh, it was a boardroom packed full of, of management and just the two of us happily chit-chatting to CEO Chris Schurer about the, uh, the impacts of uh, maize and the economy on poultry. And I took eight pages of detailed notes, and they're all mine. That's in sharp contrast to what happened at the mining in Darbrin, Cape Town, because I was speaking to an analyst who flew over from London for the three or four day mining binge there. And he said that from his own company, there were 15 analysts and economists seeing one company and the number of people there outnumbered the board. So maybe it's just that people don't like the small and mid caps anymore, given the, the chart that I saw from the small cap index, which looks horrific. I think it could possibly be the case. But again, you know, with the mining in Darba being held in Cape Town and, uh, you know, the miners do love a little a little bit of beer and whiskey every now and again. I would wonder how much of that is down to entertaining and schmoozing as they do once a year. 
But in the small to mid-cap space, as you say, it is a little bit under the whip. The chart doesn't look that great. You know, small to mid-caps do tend to get hit far harder and far deeper in a weak economy than the larger caps, which are a little bit more resilient and perhaps have international um, expertise to assist their earnings. But again, domestically, as I've said, you know, I, I go to dozens and dozens of AGMs a year, and I'm often the only person there, you know, having tea and biscuits. But, you know, it's, it's, an, interesting, it's an interesting space to be, particularly this week, in food. And we can touch on that next. Yes, indeed. We'll, we'll do that. And also in about two weeks' time, we'll wrap all the results that have, have come out. But uh, let's preview the food sector, because food sector, you describe small and mid-caps as being under the whip. Food has also been under the whip, hasn't it? Absolutely. We saw many of the retailers and the food companies coming out for trading updates post the festive period. And I think that has caused a bit of a eruption in the sector. You know, the likes of the, uh, you know, the fashion retailers, the major department store chains, and even the likes of ShopRite, you know, that stalwart coming up with a significant profit warning. And then we've had even AVI, which is the Rolls Royce of, uh, of food in this country. Brands we all know and love, such as Baker's Biscuits and their tea and coffee brands, come out with a, with a negative trading update, which is unheard of for a company of that quality, showing you how deep the despair is amongst the consumer in this country, where higher prices aren't really able to stick. And as such, volumes get cut as, as a consumer either trades down or decides just to buy a little bit less when they go out shopping you know, once a week. So I think this week, with uh, the biggest company, this week is Pioneer Foods coming out on Friday with a trading update. I'm waiting to see what's going on in that company, purely because it has a, a basket of groceries, but it also targets what I call the, the basic food groups, pasta, flour, bread, mealy meal. And if that is under significant pressure, it'll just show you you know, how, how much despair there is amongst the, the low-end consumer in this country. And I'm not expecting a good statement on a Friday, the AGM. It's very interesting that you talk about the, the companies being under pressure because of the state of the man and the woman in the South African high street. But um, I've just received something from an organization called BankServe Africa. Came across my desk first thing this morning. It says December spend shows an increase in 2018. It says here, BankServe Africa, first of all, let me contextualize this, is Africa's largest clearinghouse and plays a crucial role in processing billions of trusted payment transactions per year. Then it goes on to say the following, and this is key. The value of transactions in December 2018 reached 59 billion rand, a 15% growth on the previous year's 51 billion. There were 106 million transactions, a 12% growth on the 95 million volume of transactions in 2017. Obviously, they've shifted from staples to luxury stuff. There's something going on, Anthony. Well, it could be, but as you know, South Africans do love a good Christmas. And uh, when times are tough, they aren't really going to hold back. And I would really love to know if, it, if there are some statistics available. How much of that was possibly uh, borrowings? Mm. People, you know, dipping into their overdrafts, dipping into their credit cards, taking on short-term loans to actually have a fairly good Christmas and then worrying about the repayments and the consequences of perhaps slightly higher debt moving into, into 2019. You know, it's fine transactions being up. As I'm sure you know as well, most of the, the SASA payments in this country are all done via a card. And then they're all going to ATMs once, the, once a week and withdrawing the money. Uh, many times when I was walking around parts of uh, Cape Town and even as far as Stellenbosch and Paul, there were queues outside the ATMs as, uh, as the social grant payments were, were being paid. So one just never knows you know, what that underlying figure actually pertains to. Could it just be more transactions from uh, more recipients or perhaps more people using debt to fund uh, a good Christmas to, uh, to try and cheer them up from a, a weak economy. Yes, indeed. And perhaps the previous 11 months, they'd held back on their spending. So if you averaged it out over the year, maybe the transaction
transactions were down, but this is a specific December number, but it is interesting. You don't like sweeping statements because you're an analyst and a meticulous analyst at that, but I want to ask you to make a sweeping statement. Is it time to have a look at the beaten up stocks of 2018 and the year before, in fact, and start buying them? General statement. General statement, the answer would be no. I'm expecting a little bit more weakness to come into the economy. Um, I think you and I both know that the election now set for early May and the paralysis that will cause in terms of uh, investment decisions and government and even local local municipality decisions. Nothing is going to be happening in this country until after the election. Then we'll wait to see what the cabinet is comprised of, and then the local municipalities will, will then decide what to do. So I would only guess that this economy, if Cyril gets a, a decent mandate and it comes in and starts uh, you know, shaking the tree, will only start picking up in the second half. And there are many companies that I've spoken to in the course of the last sort of week or two in reporting season, we're beginning to see extremely tentative shoots of perhaps some form of marginal recovery, but all say it'll only be between quarter three and quarter four when the government is in place and uh, things should be moving and shaking, but they'll start to see any form of green grill shoots uh, in their businesses. So I think it's uh, it's another six months of, uh, of mediocre performance ahead. And I think the results we are now seeing from a slew of, uh, of industries from uh, industrial, mining, food, agriculture, et cetera, et cetera, are all showing you that it, it remains a very weak economy to do business in and cling on by the, by the fingernails to make a small profit at best is, uh, is, uh, is all we can really hope for. Anthony, we'll speak in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks very much for your time on this Monday morning. Anthony Clark is an independent small and mid-cap analyst speaking to us from Cape Town without electricity.